0: This morning, we are going to uh, turn our attention to the epistle to the Ephesians, chapter 5. The epistle to the Ephesians, chapter 5. Lord, pre. chapter 5, starting at verse 8, amen, Ephesians chapter 5, starting at verse 8, you will find these words, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who are asleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. I want to talk to you a few moments from the thought, walking in the light. Walking in the light. Amen. The the epistle to the Ephesians, was written by the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul was not um, in his plush office when writing this epistle. He, he was not among like-minded brethren who were championing him while he was penning these words. But no, Paul at this time was under house arrest. Amen. What had happened is basically that a riot had broken out in Jerusalem, amen, and Paul was arrested and he had then appealed to Caesar that he was innocent in all charges. And so now he was on his way to being amongst the emperor, amongst the Caesar to plead his case and he is under house arrest in Rome. Now he 's in a precarious situation of a situation of discomfort, but even during this time, he is thinking about his people. Amen. He is concerned about the church at Ephesus. For our Bible readers, we know that in many areas of the New Testament the New Testament refers back to Ephesus. And one of those places being in Revelation, amen, when, 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 when John is writing to the what? Seven churches. One of those churches is Ephesus. And the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said they had lost their first love. Amen. Amen. And so undoubtedly, Paul was concerned about their zeal, about their energy, about their affection, about their love for God. Amen. Because the text allows us to see in Revelation that they had their doctrine solid. Amen. Amen. But they were waning in their what desire for the Lord. They were waning in their energy for the Lord. They were doing things. Amen. Because it was the right thing to do, not because of the love, because of the energy, the affection they were having for the Lord. That was waning. So Paul was concerned about them because when, when those things begin to wane, other things begin to creep in. Amen. 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 We can look in our own lives, amen. When we when we begin to wane and waver with the Lord, how things come into our lives that have no business being there. But we must be on God at all times. We must guard our hearts, amen. Because the more energetic and the more affectionate our love is for God, the more concerned we are about pleasing Him and not slipping into the things. That are displeasing to him. Amen. And so from the from the house of Rex, Paul is writing these words, Amen. And we, we turn our attention to just a segment of his letter, Amen. Because we look down here in chapter five, starting at verse eight, and he says, For you once, huh? For you once were darkness. Paul is alluding to the facts that they once were not saved. Amen. That they once were carried away by every wind of false doctrine. They were once caught up in their flesh and all of the things that the flesh desires. You were once darkness. But Paul is reminding Ephesus that you're no longer. You were, but you're no longer darkness. And we must be reminded as saints of God, amen, that we are no longer in darkness. As we travel and as we move about in our culture, in our world, amen, the influences of this world can cause us, if we begin to forget who we are, to begin to walk back in things of darkness begin to cause us to do dirty deals and to to lie and to cheat and to do things that are not becoming of Christians Amen. amen as Paul says we ought to walk worthy of the gospel amen because the gospel says that we have been taken out of the darkness and brought into the marvelous light and if that has occurred in us we ought to walk Like it has. Amen. Amen. So when we look at our text, he says, but now you are light in the Lord. That last prepositional phrase there is important because we're not light in ourselves. Amen. 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 The devil will try to convince you that you're all that in a bag of chips. Amen. But the reality, we are wretches undone. Huh? Without God's mercy, the battle would never be won. But we find that it's in the Lord whom we are all things. It's not anything of us, but it's all in him. Amen. it causes us to put our pride down and to put on humility, knowing that every breath, every move, every thought, every action is dependent upon the Lord. We can't do this on our own. We can't do it. God has already told us without him we can do nothing. So this Christian walk has to be in the Lord and the power of his might. But once we forget that and we start to work on our own schemes and try to look at our own dreams and consult other folks other than the Lord, we get off track. And this world is constantly pressing and pulling and trying to redirect us to listen to philosophers and TV moguls and and media hype and all of this other stuff that don't matter for nothing. Amen. Amen. To pull us off of the track and to forget about all that we do is in the Lord. It's not in matriculation through the hollowed halls of education. It's in the Lord. The Lord uses the what? The humble. The Lord uses the ones who seem to be foolish, but they're wise in his sight. Amen. When the disciples preached their words, people looked at them like they were crazy. Amen. But they had the truth. And they were like, how is these unlearned fishermen speaking such expounding or or profound words? It's because they were in the Lord. And if we're going to be effective Christians in this world that we live in, we have to do it in the Lord. We got to allow the Lord's power to manifest in us because they don't need to see more of us, they need to see more of the Lord. Because when we look at our own lives, we see all the filth and the, and the mistakes that we have made in life, the errors, which is all called up and caught up in the word sin. Amen. So we want to hide behind the Lord and let the Lord shine forth. But the Lord calls us out in this text, Sister Butler. He calls us out and he calls us the light. That allows us to see our job, y'all. We are here to expose sin. We are the conduit by which God's light will shine forth into darkness to expel it. See, we are here to shine light into dark places. Amen. Amen. And we're here to tell of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, to expel the darkness that has folks bound. Amen. But if we forget that we are light conduits, then we might find ourselves just gravitating around one another and not speaking out into the world. You must know that you carry something that the world needs and needs it bad and that is the light of the world and his name is Jesus Christ. We have the power in us by the power of the Holy Spirit to expel darkness. It ain't so much about what we do, but it's the one who's doing it through us. But we have to remember in order to expel darkness, you gotta go where darkness is. It's not good enough for us to just congregate around one another. That is a good time in one way. But God has called us into the mission field, and the mission field is dark, y'all. He's called us out to dispel the light. He's called us out to go to places to where we're not so comfortable. Amen. Amen. He's planted us in positions where darkness is all around. But we have a choice whether or not we're going to shine the light of God or we're going to conceal it and try to act like everybody else. Oh, Amen. And so when we look at our text, we see that we are to walk as the children of we, we We have a path that's not like the world. Amen. We have a path. We have a way that we interact. We have a way that we talk, a way that we think. We have places we go that other folks don't go. Amen. And so the world ought to see that peculiarity in each and every one of us. When we're in our jobs or we're out in the world, there ought to be something different about you and I so that they know that there's something different about them. They ought to, some of them ought to respect you for being God's children. They ought to respect the walk that you walk, the talk that you talk, amen, the decisions that you make. Amen, as we look at our text, we find out some things that we shouldn't be doing and some things that we should. So as we continue in this text, we see in verse nine, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Amen, amen. We ought to be those who are about good works, amen. Because we are of the Spirit. The Bible says in this very same letter, in the first chapter, it says, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit till the day of redemption. And in the fourth chapter, it says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit, Of God in whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Amen. Amen. When we go out into the world and we talk like the world and we joke like the world and we walk like the world and we get into the same dealings as the world, we grieve the Holy Spirit who is within us. See, sometimes we think we can hide from God. Amen. Amen. We can get somewhere with God. We can do something and God's not watching. No, because God is in you. You must remember that you have been sealed till the day of redemption by the Holy Ghost. So everywhere you go, every action you do, God is with you. And not only that, when we're doing any and every kind of thing, the Holy Spirit is grieved. Ephesians chapter 4. So we have a responsibility, amen, to be pleasing to the Holy Spirit because he's with us everywhere we go. Amen. Amen. And so we look at the text, it says, verse 10, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Amen. It says in verse 9 that goodness, righteousness, and truth. In order for you to understand, amen, or you to find out what's acceptable to the Lord, is you got to get in your word. It is not good enough to just wait till Sunday to hear a word from the Lord. It's not good enough for just having Bible study once a week and Sunday morning. That will not get you to the place that you need to be to be the missionary that God has called you to be. It calls for studying. It calls for meditation all week long. It calls for you. As as Joshua said, I will meditate on his word day and night. Amen. It's about more than just hearing a word. You come in and open up your head and getting the word and then going back. You've got to study your word. Amen. You've got to allow the word to become part of you. Amen. And it's got to be a Sunday through Saturday thing. Not just the Sunday or a Wednesday. Amen. Because the only way you're going to be all in what God has called you to be in his truth is to get his truth down in you. Amen. What if we didn't eat but twice a week? Amen. We'd be real weak and real frail, frail wouldn't we? Amen. We'd be looking at each other and saying, boy, she, oh boy, he don't look too good. Well, the same way we look on the outside for not eating but once or twice a week, that's how some of us are looking on the inside today. If we could see our spirits sometimes, we would see how frail we have become because we're not getting into his word. And we're not getting a daily feasting on his word. Jesus said to us, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And we have the blessed privilege that we have the mouth of God in writing here in the 66 books of the Bible. Amen. Amen. So it's, it's important, it's, it's prudent for us to get in this word. Amen. And to eat the pages of these scriptures so that we can be strong in the Lord. Because the Bible allows us to see that in the armor of God, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. The Bible allows us to see that the Spirit just don't act on anything, but He acts on the Word. And the Spirit is acting individually in each one of you, and He's acting on the Word that is within you. No Word, no power. No word, no sword. No word, no offensive. That's why many of us are on the defensive because we don't have any word to get on the offensive, amen. But when we get the word down us on the inside and the truth, the Holy Spirit will operate on that truth, amen. And that he will guide us and lead us. He will move us and we will go out as forces into the darkness and the darkness will be shed. The darkness will be expelled by the light of the word. Amen. Amen. And so as we look at our text, we find that the only way we're going to find out is if we get in the word. If we get in the basic instructions before leaving earth, amen, the Bible is the only way we're going to find out what's acceptable to the Lord, but it must be a daily dose. We must get about eating the word daily so we can be strong. We can have a good diet of the word. Amen. Amen. And so verse 11 says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. In one sense, Paul writes here, he's talking about don't have any fellowship with doing those kind of deeds. Amen. But in another sense, Paul is saying, and don't have fellowship with those who do these things now i must I must make clear that being acquaintances and being in fellowship are two different things. Amen, we must be acquainted with those in the world to reach them amen, but we don't have to run with them amen we don't have to go to their drinking parties and sit up in there and try to drink with them amen we don't have to sit around and and, and tell lies and And, and of course, gestures just like they do. Amen. Because God has called us to be what? Peculiar people. He said, come out from among them. And what he meant by that was when when Paul said those words, he was saying, come out from among that kind of fellowship. Amen. You can be acquainted, but don't be in fellowship with them. Don't run like they run. Amen. How will the world respect us if we're doing the same stuff they're doing? How will we be effective as light bearers if we're walking in darkness? Amen. So the, the word here is saying, don't try to be men pleasers. Amen. Don't try. Because see, in order to please folk a lot of time, you got to do what they are doing. Amen. But God ain't calling us to be men pleasers. He's calling us to be pleasers of God. So what if they get upset because you don't want to have any part in their drinking? Oh, they have the, the team builder after work out at the, out at the uh, Tanners or wherever they go, you know, to the, to the bars. They love going to bars and that kind of thing. But we don't have to be in partaking of that stuff. We don't have to get in there and be drinking and laughing and l- laughing at their old coarse jerks and all that old crazy stuff that they do. Amen. We still got to be God's people. Amen. Amen, amen, And sometimes the pressure of life can cause us to believe that we need to do like that so that we can go up the corporate ladder or we can get that promotion or all that. But what does it gain a man if he gains the whole world, but loses his soul? Uh-uh. Life does not consist of the abundance of things that men possess in the first place. We're not looking for our riches down here, but we're looking for our riches in heaven. God lets us know that the riches down here, what? Thieves will break in and steal, and moths will destroy, and rust does corrupt. But we're looking for the riches that thieves cannot break in and steal, nor moths destroy, nor rust can corrupt. The true riches in heaven that God has stored up for us. So while we're down here as pilgrims in a barren land, let us... Stay peculiar. Let us stay set apart. Be acquaintances, but not in fellowship with the world. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ, they say they said was with tax collectors and publicans and sinners, but he wasn't a sinner. Amen. He was there to shine the light on their darkness. Amen. He was there to take them out of the road or the path which was wide unto destruction and put them on the narrow path into glory, in the narrow path into heaven. Amen? Amen. 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 He was acquainted with them, but he wasn't in fellowship with them. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so as we continue our text, it says, but rather to expose them. Saints of God, when we're around those who are in the world, on one level or another, they ought to be uncomfortable. Huh? Huh? Because men love darkness more than they love light. Amen. Amen. So we as light bearers, amen, when we're around the world, there ought to be a level of discomfort in them. They ought to be discomforted when they try to act just the way they normally act around you. Because the light is exposing that darkness. The light exposes and conviction comes by the Holy Ghost. See, the Holy Ghost in you is at work when you're just standing still. Amen. When you're in favor with God and you're walking according to God's will, the Holy Spirit is working on his behalf. Amen. While you're just standing. Because the Bible says it is the Holy Spirit that convicts of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Amen. So it's the Holy Spirit going to work while you're just standing around because the Holy Spirit is in you. But the Holy Spirit will not be at work if you are doing any and everything because the Bible said, do not quench the Spirit, do not grieve the Spirit. Either one of those puts the Spirit in a place of dormancy. When we're walking and doing things of the darkness, the spirit is quenched. So then the spirit is not operating when you're around like he should be. Amen. Because you're walking in darkness and the spirit has been quenched. So we have a responsibility to stay on that narrow path because there's more in stake than just you and I. Amen. Amen. There's a world in stake what the spirit is working on if we're walking right. Amen. Amen, because the sword of the Spirit wants to get out. Amen, the sword of the Spirit wants to do some cutting on some things and some ripping and tearing and get some things fixed that's been broken. Amen. And it all starts with us. I don't know why God did it this way, but he did. I can ask him why when I get there, and maybe he'll give me the answer and maybe not. But one thing I do know is that is how he's working now according to his scriptures, and we got to be about our fathers business amen so as we go on in the text we see for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret amen 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 when i read this scripture it causes me to go back in time to a time when i was in the world and some of the things that used to go on in smoky rooms amen there's some stuff that has gone on and i have seen amen that, that, that even today, I don't even want to talk about. All right. Amen. And some of you have too in your days in the world. Amen. Amen. Because there's some real cruel and crude stuff that goes on. Amen. Amen. But that stuff needs to be exposed. Amen. This needs to be spoke of, but the Holy Spirit, the text has allowed us to see, is that the Holy Spirit will expose it. Amen. He will expose things in their hearts. Amen. As he did in ours. Amen. The same Holy Spirit. Amen. And he just wants to use you and I. Amen. As willing vessels to be used by Him to make a change in this atmosphere. Amen. To make a change in this world. Amen. And some some dark things need to be exposed. Amen. There's there some there's some pedophiles out there. Amen. Amen. Right. Amen. That need to be exposed. Amen. There's some there's some uh, sexual predators. There's some. Uh, 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 serial killers, there's some terrorists there's all kinds of folk out there doing all kinds of things and they need to be exposed and exposed by the Holy Spirit because see we can't see the hearts of men but God can and God will allow us to be in the right place at the right time to say a right word and we don't even know what we're saying that God uses to expose the darkness to, to wrench hearts of men and women, amen? So it is our purpose not to to know everything God is doing, but to just be willing to be used by him. Amen. Because we don't have to understand it all. Amen. We just need to be willing vessels to go into dark places. Amen. When God leads to expose that darkness with the light. Amen. So as we look at our text. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. We know Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And if there's any manifesting of anything that's going to be done, amen, it has to be done by the Lord. The Lord is the light that's shining bright in the saints of God that wants to get out, and wants to expose things. Jesus himself says you don't want to be a lamp that's on a hill with a bushel basket over top of it. You want to take that basket off and let the world see the light. The light of the world. Because without that light they will never find their way to safety. You are the lighthouses in the storms, the hurricanes and the the, the tragic storms on the sea. They need to find refuge. They need to find direction. They need to find the lighthouse. Amen. And the lighthouse cannot be found if the light is not shining bright. Amen. So it is our responsibility to make sure that we keep walking in the light. Because if we get out of the light, then our light will not so shine. So if we start doing dirty deals, amen, lying and setting up traps for folk, and gossiping and backbiting and cursing and all of this kind of stuff, our light goes out. Amen. We were on the path of walking in the light, but then we start walking in darkness. And we don't do ourselves or anybody else any good like that. Amen. Amen. And so when we look at our text, we find as I come to a close, verse 14. Verse 14 says, therefore, therefore because verse 13 says that all things that expose that are made manifest by the light, therefore he says, awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you the light. Yeah. See, first of all, you've got to wake up. You can't be asleep on the job. You know, sometimes you find pictures of security guards who have gotten in the utility closet to take a nap. And, and while they're taking a nap, the thieves are coming in and taking away all of the equipment, all of the goods while the security guard slept. Right. While the saints of God sleep, amen. The enemy has coming in and he has taken folk out one by one. The enemy is coming in with his imps and folks are dying in the street, folks shooting one another, shooting up drugs and taking their lives and suicide and all manners of things are going on. And folks are being taken out of here without knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's because the church is asleep and it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up out of our lethargy. It's time to wake up out of our apathy for the world. And it's time to get concerned by little boys and little girls and men and women who are on their way to hell. This is not a laughing matter by any means. There are folks with one foot in the grave and the other one on a banana peel while men sleep. While the church is asleep and concerned about inner things and and conflict within the church, the world is sliding on their way to the abyss. But this text says, wake up. Wake up. It's more than about getting up on Monday morning and going to work and making a paycheck and coming home, amen, and paying some more bills. Wake up. Wake up. It's about the fact that our jobs is a mission field, Amen. And that we are missionaries on those mission fields to show the light of Christ to a dark and dismal world. It's not about writing super software or or health software or any of that kind of thing or being out and and, and running construction equipment or being in the hospitals or wherever you may be in the school in your job alone, but that your job is a role that you play. But while you're in that position, you are truly a missionary for God. Because the reality is that's where we see most of the unsaved. We see them everywhere else except for church because they ain't coming in here. Amen. But the saints of God come in here to be refilled. Amen. To go back out into the darkness. We get our batteries changed in here saints. Amen. So our flashlights are strong when we go out in that darkness. Amen. Amen. We get in here and we reminded of what it means to be a child of God. We come here and be reminded to cast off darkness and put on the light. We come in here to be reminded to put on the helmet of salvation. We come in here to be reminded to put on the breastplate of righteousness. We come in here to be reminded amen to have our feet shot in the preparation of the gospel of peace. We come in here to be reminded to pick up our shield of faith by which we uh, quench the fiery darts of the evil one. We come in here to be reminded hallelujah that we have a sword and it's the sword of the spirit which is the word of God so that when we go back out into this world we are bright and we are shining that our illumination is at full blast so that the world might be exposed of all their evil deeds and there might be a girl here and a boy there there might be a woman here and a man there that say what must I do to be saved that's our purpose that's our mission and we gotta Get about it, and we got to wake up. But the text says, Arise from the dead. Some of us are so asleep that it looks like we have come out for sure. And we are so asleep that it looks like our heart has stopped beating. It's been so long since we've done the master's true work. But the Bible saying Arise from the dead. You have been resurrected. You're no longer dead spirits, but you have been made alive in Christ. Uh, Paul defends that in the second chapter of this very epistle. That you're no longer sons and daughters of wrath. You're no longer sons and daughters of disobedience, but you have been made alive in Christ. Amen. You are safe in the ark of safety and have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to be all that God has caused us to be. And he says, if you wake up and if you if you rise from the dead, Christ will give you the light. Amen. You don't have to go out and buy it. You don't have to figure out how to formulate it. But it's a gift from the Lord. But he's not giving it to everybody. He's giving it to obedient children. That quench not his spirit. Obedient children that do not grieve the Holy Spirit by walking in darkness instead of in the light. We've got a grave responsibility, saints of God, to walk right. To stop lying on one another. Stop cheating. Stop backbiting. Stop telling dirty jokes. Stop living any old kind of way. Stop doing bad and dirty deeds out in the world. Stop doing bad business deals. And start living right. Stop forging documents. Amen. Stop falsifying your witness and get right with the Lord. Or wake up. Resurrect from the dead because you've been made alive in Christ. He's looking for some folks that's ethical, amen, and moral. Amen. That will walk right in the world. Even when the people that are on your job want you to do wrong, you will still do right. That you're not so afraid of those bosses and what they can do, but what the Lord can do. Amen. The best that man can do is kill you. But man can't take your soul. Amen. God says be more fearful of that one than the one who can merely kill your body. Because God can kill your soul. But we want to be about the Father's business not just because of the pain that he can inflict but because of the love that he's already shown. The Bible says God demonstrated his love toward us. That while we were yet sinners Christ died for the ungodly. Because of that love we want to run like he wants us to run. Because of that love we want to talk like he wants us to talk. Because of that love we want to sing just like he wants us to sing. Because over 2,000 years ago, amen, our Savior came down through 40 and 2 generations. And he lived among his own creation. He loved us and he taught us. But one Friday evening on the outside of the walls of Jerusalem, oh, well. in a place called Goggles' Hill, my Savior and your Savior, oh, well. he died for the sins of the world. Oh, well. The Bible says that they hung him high and stretched him wide. Yeah, yeah. The Bible lets us know that they put nails in his hands and they put nails. In his feet, but he didn't cry or say a mumbling word. The Bible says he was like a sheep which was led to slaughter. But on that Friday evening, on Golgotha's hill, my Savior and your Savior, He died. He died that you and I might live. But that's not the end of the story. They took him down off that old rugged cross Uh. and they put him in a borrowed tomb. He was in that tomb all night Friday. Uh. He was in that tomb all day Saturday. He was in that tomb all night Saturday night. But it was early. Uh. Early Sunday morning. He got up With all power, all power in his hand, power to save us, power to rearrange us, power to set us on the path of righteousness for his sake. After a 40-day layover, he stepped out on a cloud and went back to glory and now sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and for me and the good news is that one of these days it won't be very long he's coming back for a church without spot or blemish will you be ready will he find you faithful in that great getting up morning when the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ shall rise they that remain shall be caught up in the air will you be ready cast off the armor of light. God bless you and God keep you. Is my prayer. Amen. Amen. The doors of the church are open. Amen. If by means anyone here is not saved, Amen, today. Today is the day of salvation. Amen. The doors are always open. Amen. Cuz Jesus has already opened them for every one of us. When he died on that old rugged cross, amen, amen, he paid the penalty, the sin debt, and he said it's finished. It's finished that we can come and know him yes, thank you. at any time, and it won't cost us anything at all. Mm-hmm. Amen, there is room at the cross.
1: Oh, yeah. oh,
0: still plenty of good room. Amen. Amen. If our hearts and minds are clear, amen, let us stand for our benediction. Amen. As we prepare also for our tithes and offerings. Amen. Where God, our Father, Lord, we bless your name, Master, for another day's journey. Lord, thank you for the saints of God that are gathered in this place. Lord, and we ask once again in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you bless us, O oh God. Lord, keep us from all hurt, harm, and danger. Lord, we ask that you bless our offering, O oh Lord, that we're about to give, O oh God. And Lord, continue to bless us as well as we prepare for our communion, O oh God. Lord, keep us, Lord. Lord, keep us in one accord, O oh God. That we be all that you want us to be, oh God. Lord, that we be that wall, that fortress that you would have us to be. To defend against the devil. And to bring those in that need shelter. Lord, we ask these things in the blessed name of Jesus. And the whole church said, Amen. Please be seated and obey the ushers.